The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot, and I always sail with travel insurance. You should, too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. A couple of months ago, Sheldon took a nine-night cruise aboard Celebrity Apex over to the Eastern Mediterranean. He joins us on the line to talk about his adventure. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Doug. Thanks for having me on your show again. I can't wait to share all the story about this adventure. Give me some of those pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to book this nine-night? Like, was it a bucket list or is it something you, you like to do every few years? It was a little bit of a bucket list and a little bit of right time, right place. And when we booked this, it was at the end of 2021 in which the cruise lines were still struggling for bookings and and were offering pretty competitive rates. And the offer was too good to pass up. And the itinerary was really cool and definitely was a bucket list type of thing to go to Israel, Egypt, and Turkey. It's amazing how when you look at the pricing right now and what they were back in 2021 at the restart, night and day. Yes, very much so. Because we did compare notes from Um, since we booked, obviously, almost two years in advance Mm -hmm. to people who booked more closely, there was a significant uptick in pricing um, for those people in similar cabins and and similar amenities. You had to make your way over to Athens. So uh, how much pre-cruise time did you do over in Athens before you boarded Apex? Yes, we left out of JFK uh, since we live in New Jersey and Flew on the direct over to Athens and had two nights in Athens uh, in which we explored the Acropolis, the Placa, and a few other things. And mostly just to get our our time zones and jet lag reset uh, before we boarded the trip in the port town of Piraeus. What kind of flight is that? About 12 hours from JFK to Athens? Uh, give or take. Uh, I think when we were flying, there was something, uh, there was an anomaly happening with the jet stream. So mm-hmm. it was like 45 minutes to an hour shorter than okay. what it should have been. Um, most of the delay was in JFK due to inclement weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did sit on the, uh, the, the, the runway for about an hour before we actually did take off, which we survived. You land in Athens, but the cruise port's about, what, 30, 45 minutes away from Athens city center? Yeah, it's a not too bad of a, a Uber drive, yeah, 20, 30 minutes or so. Um, I, I think the unique part about Athens, and it may be similar, Doug, to other European departures, is they don't have the uh, sophisticated terminals that you would find in the U.S. ports like Miami, Port Everglades, or Cape Canaveral, um, similar to just kind of like a warehouse sitting on a on a on a pier, and then you go through security and then get on the ship. You make your way on board Celebrity Apex. What were your first impressions of her? Uh, so this was the second impression since we did cruise on her uh, in 2021. Um, so again, she's a 
she and the edge class series is a beautiful ship um you know having the ability to see her brand new and now after several years you are starting to see some of the wear and tear that's probably going to be addressed in 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 you know an upcoming dry dock but all in all she has held up pretty well and is still a beautiful ship with beautiful artwork and a pretty intuitive design where it's not too hard to navigate and and find your way around. When you say wear and tear, do you mean carpet kind of looking worn a little bit at this point? A little bit in some venues, the carpet and the seats were showing, um, you know, where where a lot of impressions and the two big notable um, pieces that I, I thought were odd were in the gym and also in the buffet. Two of the windows were cracked. And they had put a white film to hide it. But I assume that most of that would be, you know, addressed in a dry dry dock. But it was kind of strange to just kind of see those where they didn't really do a full fix. It was a little bit of a Band-Aid yeah. um, on the windows. You're on board the ship. You head to your stateroom. What kind of cabin did you book on this nine-night cruise? And what were your thoughts of it throughout the week? This was our first time being in a retreat in uh, on an Edge-class ship. So comparing... The last time we were on a retreat, which was in the Millennium, uh, this was obviously a more purpose-built experience and stateroom. Uh, the stateroom is beautiful and uh, did actually hold up very, very nicely. Not too much uh, wear and tear um, from, from that perspective. Um, one nice part is with the Sky Suite room that we were in, it does have a larger balcony in which we were able to request our retreat, retreat host or butler and, and some some other cruise lines to um, deliver a lounger to to the balcony so that we could enjoy with the one of the on one of the three sea days that we had. Now I'm curious, what do you like? You have a butler. What are you using the butler for? I think the the big items that the the benefit of having a a butler or even the retreat concierge team is sometimes they can handle some of the transactions that you may need to make with the shore excursion desk, guest relations, or maybe with dining that maybe your, your excursions a little later and you want to change a dining reservation that you have uh, a little later. Um, otherwise I know some people do use them extensively, um, but we normally keep it at a minimum um, just because we're pretty self-sufficient from that perspective. I remember my very first time ever having a butler. It was on Seabourn up in Alaska. Kind of weird, but she was really, really cool. And the second time was a Norwegian getaway out of Manhattan a couple of years ago. And yeah, I just really didn't know what to have him do. So I was just like, keep the candy jar full for me. Snacks. He's yep. a snack guy for you. Exactly. Let's talk about the dining on Apex. And we'll start at the top at the buffet, the Ocean View Cafe. How was that? It was on par with what we had expected, um, you know, being on the ship several years later. Um, from our perspective, you know, being on the ship during beginning or the end of lockdown and shutdown to now, uh, we didn't notice any notable difference in the quality or the variety. Um, mostly just being that the, the ship was full and the, the buffet was full. Um, pizza still is great at the back of the ship. And um, the the varieties are always is always pretty good on, on the celebrity buffet. I know you were in the retreat, but I have to ask, did you go to the main dining room at all? We did not do any main dining rooms because we were in the retreat. We had access to the Lumine right. for the uh, 
um, because this ex- this cruise was much more port intensive with the very long excursion days that we'll get to later. Uh, after those long days, we just opted to go to the buffet, get something quick, and then go to bed. Um, just because the days were so intense. Yeah, that's one thing about those Mediterranean cruises. Uh, they'll basically, what, you're in, uh, in port for 12 to 14 hours at a time and then like no sea days. So it's like, go, go, go. You just want to chill out when you get back to the ship. Yeah, we um, on a few of the sea days, we did try or go to Eden and La Teach Chef from a specialty restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eden, um, as I've as I've shared on my last review of the Apex, it's still a premium restaurant with you know the dedicated dedicated kitchen and and the beautiful sunsets if you are, are um, into the views. And then Le Petit Chef is a French style restaurant where they do the um, animated cartoons on the plates which is cute if you have kids and pretty entertaining. You never talk about the rooftop grill and all these uh, edge class ships. Have you done that yet? Funny story. It was supposed to be on our last day. We had it booked, but due to inclement weather, it was um, closed mm-hmm. and we had to be uh, uh, rebooked to another restaurant. And so we were able to get into Eden and uh, dine there instead as um, for, for the cruise. Well, yeah, that's a fair trade, depending on, I guess, what you were in the mood for. I agree, but as you, as, as I'm pretty sure you you sailed when you're sailing. Um, this specific night was sailing from Kusadasi, Turkey, back to Athens, mm-hmm. and that sailing is so cool because you're essentially driving, excuse me, cruising through the Aegean Sea, yeah. and all the islands are around. And we were looking forward to being outside and really having those, you know, panoramic views. So it was yeah. a disappointment. But in our next cruise, we'll try and try and get in get into it how was the entertainment on this nine night cruise given that it was so port intensive and you had a few early nights it sounded like yes this cruise uh still has the um, production show i think it's called crystallize uh in which uh the production cast sings and dances to um songs and they have pretty interesting 3d props something that i didn't know cruise lines did, but they actually flew in a uh, retired Broadway star from Germany for when we were overnight in Israel, in which she sang some of her top hits from when she was on Broadway. Um, I am not a names person, Doug, so I do not know the name of this this Broadway star, but I thought it was pretty cool. And uh, we ended up talking with her and, and a few of the entertainment team and celebrity has been known to do that when they have the overnights, because with such a long sailing, they don't have enough production shows to you know keep the entertainment fresh. How about entertainment outside of the theater? So we're talking like comedy show bands. Uh, what is it? The silent disco? Yes, they had the silent disco in the Grand Plaza, which we did. Uh, one of the nights, and then they have the programming in Eden and in the club, which is uh, essentially their, um, I, I hate saying this because I know they're not Cirque du Soleil, but a lot of the acrobatic style mm-hmm. uh, performers uh, do have some programming and some special shows in Eden, and they also have different shows in, in the club in which it's a little bit more intimate setting. Um, pro tip is if you want to see one of the special Cirque-style show in Eden, you have to get there 
like an hour before because it fills up quick. Did they say how full your sailing was? Yes, this was a sold out sailing. And besides the first day, the edge class seems to do a really good job of dispersing the crowds where it never really felt too crowded. And Doug, I don't know if it was because of the fact that the port days were so intensive where people were taking a little bit easier, but it never really felt congested Mm -hmm. necessarily in any, any spots. Let's talk about the ports of call on this nine night cruise. Of course, you did three nights in Israel, obviously before the unrest. So I'll let you uh, give us the first port, give us a highlight, and then just move to the next one. Sure, happy to. Um, so Israel was three days, two, one overnight in the port town of Ashdod. And then the other was a day visit to Haifa. Um, Ashdod is the closest port to Jerusalem. It's about an hour away. Um, on the day one of being in um, Ashdod, we booked a day trip to see Old Jerusalem, uh, which included the four quarters, um, all of the um, markets of Jerusalem, and the Church of the Holy Scepter. And then the second half of the day, we continued our journey um, to the Dead Sea. And um, when you do travel to the Dead Sea, knowing what we know now, you do travel through Palestine and travel through the security checkpoints. Uh, which was um, pretty interesting and a little unnerving because they did have, you know, security on both sides with machine guns ready to, you know, take action if needed. Wow. Okay. Is that the second day? The second day was in Ashdod as well. And we opted to do a day trip up to Tel Aviv to see that city. And we've heard quite a lot about it. And um, personal opinion is that Tel Aviv is going to be a a up and coming world class city uh, once this um, you know conflict with Hamas hopefully is resolved and they're able to get back to building because the amount of building and skyscrapers that they're building there is incredible and um, if anyone does get a chance to go back um, get a chance to get to Israel definitely um, make a stop in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. And then wrapping up the last day of Israel, we uh, uh, left the port of Ashdod and then made it to Haifa. We didn't really understand the schedule of the holy holidays in Israel. So we were there on, um, I believe it's called Sukkot, which is a religious holiday. So unfortunately, a lot of the town in Haifa was shut down. But we did take a cab to, it's called Bahal Gardens, which is a beautiful mountainside landscape garden in which you can walk down and just see beautiful curated um, landscaping. And it was a breathtaking view from the top and just really, really amazing to see. Have Have you ever made it to Israel, Doug? I was flying to Dubai a few months ago for work, and it's a very long flight. And I remember looking at, I think it was like on the the screen in front of me, kind of swiping through, trying to kill the time. And they had a lot of destinations, and Tel Aviv was on there. I'm like, holy crap, I didn't realize this place was like a mini Dubai as far as like the buildings and structure. Oh, 100%. And as we now know what we know about the conflict in the area, 
Um, and after being there, you know, it's it, Israel was a fully developed country, you know, with with you know an economy that that rivals any you know first world country, and it is a first world country. And just knowing that all those families there, Palestine or and Israelis are you know going through this conflict is really sad. And you know, I, I really feel for those people and and hope that the situation gets resolved soon. Yeah, certainly. You and me both. After Israel, where did you head to? Uh, we had one sea day and then we went to the um, country of Egypt. Egypt has, I think, two cruise ports and the cruise port that we were in was Alexandria. And if you've ever watched the movie Cleopatra, this is where a lot of the romance between Julius Caesar's and Cleopatra apparently happened. Um, Egypt was a bucket list country and a really interesting place to visit. It is definitely struggling with such a juxtaposition of the pyramids and modern, you know, buildings with a lot of poverty and just a lot of poverty in the country. From an excursion perspective, we had day one booked a trip to the pyramids and included in that was a stop at the mosque of Muhammad Ali, which was next to the quarries where you saw where they cut the blocks out of the mountain to build the pyramids and then would float them over to to um to where Luxor and where they built the pyramids um on while the river was while the Nile was flooded. Um we also had lunch on a Nile River cruise which was downtown Cairo in which you could see some of the more industrial side of the city. Um and then when we were at the pyramids we were um we opted to get on a camel and do a camel ride and get a picture of us on the camel in front of the pyramids. Um, all in all was really cool to see, but in my opinion, and, and again, this is, you know, my observation is they definitely have, um, you know, humanitarian issues that, that need to be resolved. And if you do have any of your you know patrons or listeners going, just make sure you go with an open, open open mind to realize that this is not as developed as most European countries are. How far are the pyramids from where the ship docks? Because like Rome, for instance, city center is an hour away from the pier. It is a three hour ride each way. Okay. Um, from a logistics perspective, the cruise line um, books the uh you, you book through the cruise line or you could book on your own. Uh, and we opted to book through the cruise line due to knowing it was not as developed country. Yeah. Um, they have a bunch of essentially tour buses lined up at the port and you get on your respective uh, bus with your armed security guard mm-hmm. and uh, begin the trek uh, across the desert to Cairo. I love that picture you sent me of you on the camel with the pyramid. It's, that must have been such a such a highlight. Yeah, that was the the highlight of of, of definitely seeing uh, seeing the pyramids. Otherwise, you know, we did hear this is of course secondhand accounts of some challenges with their transportation where buses um, got, you know, essentially stranded in the interstate when a rainstorm came through. 
um, one bus broke down and, you know, they, they were majorly delayed. And then, of course, another situation where um, some people uh, were impersonating cruise line employees from Celebrity. They had um, printed T-shirts and name tags and were trying to um, get tips from people for taking pictures. So it was uh, much more intense than what we were expecting. Just, I guess, important to see that most uh, that not all of the world is in your uh, your Western material and nice and manicured. Um, nice and nice and manicured locations. Yeah, hundred percent. I've seen some very nefarious things, uh, like in Rome, for instance. Naples was one of them. Uh, one of the ports in Turkey, they they see the cruise passenger coming with, especially with the lanyard around their neck, and it's a bullseye. Oh yes, it is. Day two in in Alexandria, we uh, did a half day excursion to the Alexandria Library in the catacombs, and uh, the Alexandria Library. This beautiful modern building, and this is the famous library that had all the scrolls in it. Um, um, you know, from from uh, you know the the Egyptian and Roman times. And again, it was just so strange to see the juxtaposition of such poverty with such beautiful modern architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that we didn't get to do that was on the list was to see King Tut. Um, we couldn't make it work uh, with the schedule. And with it, so um, hopefully they'll they'll have a tour of King Tut through Europe or maybe in the U.S. again. Where we'll get to see all the golden sarcophaguses um, and all that stuff. Or go to the uh, exhibit at the Luxor in Vegas. That is true. If you want the manicured version <laughs> <Right>. of it. <laughs> and what was up next after that? We um, got back on the ship and um, went to Kusadasi, which I think um, and I don't know if you've been there, but it seems to be like a pretty common stop for tours to Greece. Um, really beautiful, a beautiful port. We didn't have anything planned. We just got off the ship, walked through the market a little bit, did a little shopping, and then got back on. Um, after nine days, we were beat. Um, so it was our last day, was in Turkey, and we just really wanted to just relax because we were kind of on this whirlwind of eat, sleep, tour, eat, sleep, tour. And mm-hmm. uh, we were ready to uh, wrap things up and get back home. All right. So you make your way to Piraeus, which is the port for Athens. It's time to get off the ship. How was the debark process? Debark was great. We um, did do the self-assist debarkation where we walk off with our bags. Um, That way we kind of can control the timing a little bit better. Uh, We were off the ship as long as it took just to walk off the ship, you know, through the lines and the queues, um, less than 20 minutes. Uh, We always book... um, when we're in Athens uh, and in Europe, a company called Welcome Pickups, where you get a driver to uh, take you to the airport. Um, I believe our flight was around one. So we had a couple of hours at the airport when we got there and uh, hung out in the lounge and then took our flight back to JFK. It's so funny you mentioned Welcome Pickups. Uh, such a great service. I've used them three times this year, and I'm using them again in a few weeks when I go back to Venice. I second that, Doug. Any first-time tips you have to offer someone either sailing the Eastern Mediterranean or Celebrity Apex? I think uh, first-time tip is uh, just come with your own opinions, um, eyes wide open. Um, this isn't going to be your traditional you know, industrialized developed trip. Um, when you do do these a little bit more exotic itineraries and um, 
you know, and also always know that you can come back to the ship, that you can always find your safe haven on the ship. I think I may know the answer to this next question, but looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise? Biggest highlight was, of course, getting that that picture in front of the pyramids and and, and seeing, you know, one, one of the wonders of the world. And, you know, I, I, I again, my people, my, my thoughts are with the people in Israel um, and Palestine right now. But, you know, it was also a highlight to really be the only celebrity sailing to go to Israel and Egypt this year um, because all of the, of course, the later um, sailings after our sailings were uh, redirected to um, to um, Eastern Med um, stops. So it's safe to say this ship had a few more people than you had sailing it in 2021. Yes, uh, 400 to now 3,000 or what, right. <laughs> what the uh, what the number was. And I, I I guess from a final thoughts on the ship perspective and the edge class is, you know, it's a really good intro to celebrity. After looking back on it for nine nights, did we need the retreat? Not necessarily. It didn't make or break our trip. If you're on the fence of, of, of booking, you know, the edge class, definitely go ahead and do it and then retreat. You know, if, if that's when your budget, go for it. If not, then don't, don't try and splurge for it because we would have had a perfectly fine nine night sailing in a standard standard stateroom with with all the specialty dining options that are on board. We've been talking with Sheldon about his nine-night Eastern Mediterranean cruise aboard Celebrity Apex. Always good talking to you, my friend. Thank you so much for sharing this review of Apex. Thanks, Doug, and I hope to be on your show again soon. Just back from a cruise? Let's talk about it. Email Doug at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast, or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See JDPower.com slash awards for 2022 details.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.